the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, October 12th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war on tradition. This is a war on religion. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Mm. We got rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, all-around barbecue-related gear, so you can make barbecue great again in your neighborhood. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear, stayreadygear.com, and Instagram, Stay Ready Gear USA. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers, on and off duty gear for you law enforcement personnel. Use the code STEAK for 5% off your order. As always, the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at Odyssey and Odyssey.com. Whether you're gaming, recording anthems like this one we're listening to today, or doing an intro to a podcast, find everything you need and more at Odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms, who's been serving Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating, and he's a licensed FFL, in case you like to do tradesies. Mm. He's got a newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and available via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Tactical gear. I like it. We love it. We waste money on it, too. Whether or not you uh, are a mediocre medic... If you're a first responder, you definitely want to wear their gear. They've got patches, shirts, sweatshirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, everything to make you a little bit extra when you're out on the uh, job. So extra. Very extra. They are on. Not extra good at the job, maybe, but. Mm. <laughs> MediocreMedic.com and Instagram. And then finally, the Duck Father, Mark Joe Friday, owner-operator, CEO of Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us, home of the Zero Fucks Duck. If you don't know. You better quack somebody. Yeah. There you go. I'm wearing my Man Duck Lorian t-shirt today. Coffee cup with stickers and stuff all over it. If you want it, it's tactical gear done right. Mark's got it at dumpbox.us. He's on Facebook and Instagram as well. And on that note, technical difficulties, we've passed that hurdle. Kind of. Welcome. Episode 72, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, joined today by Noah. What's happening? And Miss... Antoinette. Hi. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. What about y'all? A little bit better now. Yeah. We were ready to roll about an hour and a half ago, and here we are. Yeah. Things go wrong sometimes. We could just all good. Yeah, we could just blame it on the deep state. Oh. <laughs> exactly. And remember, hold the full one for when it's really time. Yeah. Uh. All right. Let's just jump right into the news. We were going to have the Sassy Conservative on today, but due to technical difficulties, we have rescheduled for October 22nd, which will be fine because we can get her in a little bit more time-friendly restraints. Um, a lot of stuff going on in the news cycle. Things that aren't 
world-shiftingly and as monumental as usual, but definitely a lot of things working, you know, behind the scenes and, and with the motions. Uh, most recently, and I think things that we always love to cover on this show was Trump had a rally this weekend in Iowa at the Iowa State Fair. Was it one of those rallies where it's not actually his rally, but it becomes his rally? It sure was. It was for the endorsement of Senator Chuck Grassley, who spoke for a minute and 11. That sounds like just about enough of him. Yeah. Trump went for about two hours (laughs) solid. Do we get to trust Grassley again or no? Antoinette, what do you think? I think so. I mean, he's on probation, I guess. Maybe trust Grassley. I don't know. It doesn't really have the... You could always pull like the anchorman, like trust Grassley? (laughs) Anything (laughs) you put on the teleprompter, Roan will read. True story. Um, like I said, the attendance record at the Iowa State Fair, which it held for, as Donald Trump would probably say, millions and millions of years. Billions and billions of people. Was broken. And um, it was a grand old time. But before we actually get into the rally, let's let's hear some of the pregame. Arizona Attorney General candidate Mark Fincham spoke with uh, Real America's Voice. Fincham? Yeah. Uh, wearing his trademark cowboy hat. I like it. 10 gallons? It's pretty bigly. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a 10 gallon. Yeah, Shit. and, and, and was, white too. Was talking about some of the uh, voter integrity things he'd like to implement once he wins the AG spot moving forward. Let's hear what he had to say. And to expand some of the security measures that you want to implement in Arizona to take that nationwide. Talk to us about that. You are well read. So we we introduced a project, oh, probably in time for last session, where we're putting currency-grade fraud countermeasures. So the things you see on the $100 bill, the $50 bill, and I believe even the 20, that are, are in the print, they're in the paper, we're putting those into the Arizona ballot. So in the, in the future, people will be able to shine a black light on their ballot, and they'll see this beautiful watermark that is unique to the state of Arizona. That means you can't have counterfeit ballots coming in from California, Utah, New York. So remember Beth Page driving ballots into Pennsylvania. If Pennsylvania decides they want to use this, they can. So well, the reason we were in Dallas was to take time to build a process map to use this. So there's some features within that. One of them is that we will know for the first time in the history of America how many sheets of paper have been used to create how many ballots. Think about that. We'll have an auditable universe of documents that's well-defined. And if we have more than the number that have been certified, we know we have a problem. It's an early warning system. The other thing that's so interesting about this is constituents will be able to scan a QR code that is on their ballot and receive a number on that ballot. And only they will know that number. So once the ballot's been processed, they'll be able to go out online and see the image of the ballot they submitted so that they'll know that their ballot was received. They'll know that their ballot is stored and their ballot can be found. Oh, so there you go. I like it. Yeah, definitely uh, some election fortifying stuff from the good guys for once, making future ballots in Arizona as safe and secure as $100 bills. So you could find a lot of the things that you can find on a $100 bill, like cocaine residue <laughs> or stripper butt crack what? <laughs> i mean that's really just the cornerstone of a secure election <laughs> only if it's hunter biden's arizona ballot there you go um one of our friends 
Mr. Mike Crispy from Right Side Broadcasting Network, got with two of the first ladies of the Save America movement, Kimberly Guilfoyle, formerly of Gavin Newsom, currently of Don Jr., and Miss Pam Bondi. Gee, I wonder why they got divorced. I'm sure for a myriad of reasons. Mm. She doesn't like the French laundry, apparently. No, got with Mike to talk about possible strategies for 2022 right before the actual rally kicked off. Let's hear uh, what they told our friend down there at uh, Red, White, and Truth. Incredible. Kimberly, want to ask you midterms, uh, what's going to be your involvement? Obviously, you're uh, everyone's favorite surrogate. So uh, what's going to be your involvement in the midterms here? Because a lot of races, a lot of America first people we need to get in. Uh, what's going to be your role in that? We're showing up for each and every one of them, and we're going to make sure that we're raising the money and providing the support for people that support the America first agenda, that care about a robust economy, manufacturing jobs, and more discretionary spending in the hands of each and every one of these Americans. Let them make decisions for their family. Let them do what they want to make decisions that affect their children. And that's what President Trump stands for. And so we're excited. We're going to campaign across this entire country like we always have. And we're not going to stop. They can't break us. They can't stop us. I tell you, there's no better fighter. One more question for you, Pam. Uh, what do you make of all the people out there right now? People are getting a little demoralized about the rhinos right now. Mitch McConnell, what he's doing, the craziness with the spending bill. What is your message out there to the Trump fans who are holding the line right now? got a midterm coming rhinos are killing us right now in the swamp what's your message out there for the people to have hope get ready for 2022 right. because we are there to support trump endorsed candidates for 2022 and we're going to take back the house and the senate and that means getting rid of the people that aren't trump endorsed candidates so we're so excited to support America First Agenda and our great men and women in the military, our law enforcement officers, and our first responders. Absolutely. Oh, there you go. Uh, like the support to our, you know, frontline workers. It's definitely something that is a lacking as of recent. Yep. Um, Wait, you mean firing them isn't supporting them? <laughs> only when you're talking about increasing the numbers of overall employees vaccinated oh right because yeah. that's you know math two plus two is minus four mm-hmm yeah ask the ceo of southwest airlines who we'll hear from later in the show what a dick maybe not no i mean i i saw the clip but like still <clears throat> kind of a dick you know who's not a dick who donald trump true <laughs> he took the stage and uh was ready to roll um, he was pretty fired up. I'm, I'm going to have to say it. I don't know if I was able through the couple hours of editing it took to get through this thing. Thank you, Right Side Broadcasting Network, for having the entire rally readily available on my Right Side Broadcasting Network app. Download it. Use it. It's awesome. Hey, sponsor. There were some different tones to his voice um, that I had not heard from him. You, we'll probably be able to hear it throughout some of the audio clips, but... Definitely impassioned. He he he's he's feeling good. He's looking good. He's lost probably about twenty thirty pounds. No shit. Yeah, and, and he he's starting to get the groove back. It seems like every day that he gets older, he looks and acts as someone who's getting younger. Well, maybe it's the time machine. It's actually different Trump. Well, he does always talk about going back to twenty twenty. Comes back and murders himself. He does look a lot. He most presidents age. I mean, I mean you saw how Obama turned like all gray. Yeah. I mean, Trump just—it's like he's aging in reverse, definitely. Yeah, you could you could look at him from from videos of about ten years ago, and it's pretty much the same. So Biden's actually going to look like the crypt keeper, crypt keeper soon. He's probably going to die, and by the end of his presidency, if he lasts, it'll just be a baby because then he has to start over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
what's that? What's that movie where they make the clones? Oh man, I can't remember. I don't know, but the only thing that will be similar about the two Joe Bidens was the fact that they both actively still shit their pants. Oh my god! Factual. All right, enough of that. No you guys ready for some rally? Let's do it. Yep. Let's hear it. First clip, rally intro. The fairgrounds, so they broke a record tonight. In the history of the fairgrounds, I don't know how old it is, but in the history of the fairgrounds, this is the most people they've had. So thank you very much. Most people they've had. And all of you are hardworking American patriots that we know, and we love you all. As we gather tonight, millions of Americans are realizing that (laughs) Joe Biden and the radical left have brought our nation to the brink of ruin. There's never been anything like what has happened. After just nine months under Biden, violent criminals and bloodthirsty gangs are taking over our streets. Illegal aliens and deadly drug cartels are taking over our borders. Inflation is taking over our economy. China's taking over our jobs. The Taliban has taken over Afghanistan. Abdul. (laughs) Perfect. Lunatic leftists are taking over our schools and radical socialists are taking over our country. And we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let that happen. And you can't say I didn't warn you, but you kind of did. I also can't say you didn't get out because you got out and voted like no sitting president has ever received votes before. The election was rigged. Starting off right. Yeah. But as disastrous as the Biden administration has been, no one can blame the great state of Iowa because, boy, we did really, we did really good here. So, yeah, starting things off right. It's pretty good. Fired oh, yeah. up. Definitely the crowd was into it. Two things I noticed about this because I had listened to it probably like four or five times total. Um, he always uses something that rhymes with aliens. That's true. So now three <laughs> things. This was probably one of the more interactive crowds. Um, they actually cut him off several times due to the fact of chanting and cheering. Still haven't heard. A let's go Brandon or fuck Joe Biden at a Trump rally yet. I don't know if they muster people. I don't know if the, they're happening and they just kind of cut out that audio from the background, but haven't heard a good one yet. I mean, you'd have to think if one spontaneously breaks out, they're going to let it happen because I mean, he had a picture of how are you going to stop him? George, stop Bush, them. George Bush's face photoshopped on Liz Cheney's body at the last rally. So <laughs> he, he doesn't care. And so, w- yeah. when you hear some of the things he calls out on some of these crazy Democrats in DC over the course of this rally that I have saved for y'all. Um, you're going to see that it's no holds bar. Uh, so his energy level was definitely up and this is probably the most interactive crowd. Also, I think Antoinette, you've probably watched it more than once. He went off the teleprompter more in this one than he had in any of the other ones before went off or went off. Like he, he could, I, he uh, couldn't even get through the outro without stopping two or three times to just off talk. the cuff monologue. I like it. Yeah. You know who yeah. can't off the cuff monologue? My butt, my butt's been wiped. Brandon. Yeah, he definitely can't. <laughs> I don't even think he can monologue like without the earpiece. Well, garbage. He, he immediately got into tearing into all the things that uh, we hate most. First one is, and probably the hottest topic was the budget uh, and the raising of the debt ceiling that the Republicans have folded on in the last week. Let's hear uh, how he kind of led into that one. It's an illegal 
race-based discrimination bill. It's a corrupt elections bill. Oh, wait till you look at what they have about your elections, like the elections aren't bad enough and corrupt enough. It's a bankrupt Medicare bill. It's a bankrupt Social Security bill. They'll bankrupt both of them. And it's a naked power grab by the likes of Biden and Pelosi and Kamala Harris. Hasn't she done a great job on the border? The borders are? And Bernie Sanders is in there, too. And Omar. How about Omar? Omar. Omar is in there, too. She doesn't. She doesn't like Israel too much, does she, huh? Didn't she marry her brother? Wow! <laughs> she came in, she married her brother. This is nice. Oh my God. And they don't do anything about it. They don't do anything about it. With us, they do everything, right? Oh, they do everything. Congressional Republicans must stand strong. This is not a time for Republicans to fold to walk away, to quit, to be afraid. Whatever happens, happens. They have to be strong. Don't worry about being impeached. Don't worry about anything. They're worried. One of them was so worried he was going to be impeached. He let everything happen. It was so sad to watch. I watched it. It was really pretty sad. But they just don't seem to have the spine, some of them. Thank you. That was a great word. That's the word I was looking for. You need spine. Here. So, wow. Yeah, it came out a swinging. And, uh, yeah, what do you think, Antoinette? You guys will be able to hear it in the audio when when we cut it and and release the podcast. You could hear people in the background yelling that she fucked her brother in in regards (laughs) to Ilan Omar. There was, like, three or four people that yelled it, and you could see that he was kind of starting to look over his shoulder, and that's when he's like, didn't she... uh, Marry her brother? No. But, but you could hear people in the background screaming it. Nice. I love that he said it, though. It's amazing. Oh, it needs to be said. Um, I, I know he's taken digs at her in the past, but, uh, you I, know. I've never heard him flat out say it like that, though. Like good, the, good for him. The brother. It needs to be out there. And I hope they open a congressional in, in investigation into her as soon as, the, you know, he's back where he's supposed to be. Uh, he would continue on the budget. And on the Republicans not doing their job uh, in the next clip, let's check it out and see how that kind of continued to go on. Taking into account all taxes under Biden's plan, the Democrat bill would give businesses an approximately 100 percent tax advantages to locate jobs in China Mm. rather than Mm. the United States. Think of it. We're incentivizing people to go to China, but not here. Gee, I wonder why. The Biden plan will build up China and the Republican Party. We want to build up America. Very simple. Biden's socialist bill also includes mass amnesty and free college. Don't get excited for illegal aliens. Not for you, but for illegal aliens. (laughs) It includes a blowout increase in chain migration and it eliminates caps on green cards. For foreign workers, lots of luck. By the way, we have created more jobs than ever before. We have, we have, 12 months ago, we had 160 million people working in this country, the highest number by far. African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American. American-American. Women, men. Women Americans. Graduates of the top colleges and universities. 
non-graduates, people that didn't have a high school education, never got a diploma, every single group had the highest numbers they've ever had. Hundreds of thousands of people are right now pouring into the United States from Haiti. Mm. The people coming into our country are uneducated, in many cases, don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. They don't have the skills that we need to make America great again. Have you ever heard that expression? <laughs> so? Yeah. I mean, like I said, coming out today or on Saturday night, shots fired. He really was just kind of feeling it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it was one of those things where we're getting to a point now, well, th there's a multitude of reasons why I think uh, – we're starting to see a little bit more aggressiveness from him instead of being vague on things. Number one, we're about two weeks away from officially entering midterm season. It would be one calendar year on November, uh, I believe, 4th for, for us to be in the midterms of 2022. So it's kind of going to be like, if you want my endorsement, you're going to have to earn it. Mm -hmm. and, and then at the same time, uh, there are some things that Republicans need to be really strong on that they're being extremely weak on. Uh, yeah. m most notably and recently, in addition to the border, is the uh, the budget spending bill and the debit debit debt ceiling increase. So debit card, thanks. Yeah. Well, you're, you're not going to be able to use your debit card because if you make a transaction over six hundred dollars, the Ooh. government's going to be uh, maybe asking you why. Maybe asking you why. I'm gonna go old school. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna so. make millions and millions of six hundred dollar transactions. There you go. Um, billions. I don't have billions. Yeah, so that's kind of where he uh, started on uh, before he transitioned uh, briefly to the COVID narrative. Because now we have more people that have died of COVID in 2021 with the vaccines, with the therapeutics. More people died in 2021 than in all of 2020. But the media is silent. They don't talk about that. They hate to talk about that. Can you imagine if I were president and had these numbers? And, you know, some people thought, first of all, he didn't get elected. Okay, forget that. Nah. Yeah, but some people it. said, oh, sir, it was COVID. Incredible. You know, they're allowed to say that about me. They called it illegitimate. They called it everything in the book. It was fine. When I say it, now here's the difference. Hillary conceded. I never conceded. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Shook the audio with that one. Yeah. Never conceded. No reason to concede. When you look at the numbers of these swing states, and we're going to go over them real quickly in a little while. But when you hear these numbers of swing states, there was no reason to concede. They should have conceded. They did the honest thing, tack on our country. Even though the numbers are greater, they don't have the death watch in the right-hand corner. Remember on CNN, fake news, which is down 80% in ratings. 80? Yeah. Wow. Remember, they had death watch. Death watch. And they'd risk it. We don't have that anymore, but they're losing more people, okay? Uh, what's going on? That doesn't sound so, so good. That's because it's fake news. They are the enemy of the people. The Democrat bill. Maybe all their viewers died. Yeah, so, so, so that was kind of, like I said, he came out swinging. Energy levels were high in this one. 
And, uh, you know, he wasn't leaving any, any names left to be wondering who you're talking about. Um, he, he did kind of segue into, well, the same narrative, but calling them out more specifically, the, the deep state and how they operate and just how, you know, we kind of have to say no to these people because they're absolutely out of control. Uh, let's hear how he kind of went into that before he touched on the Maricopa audits. All Americans of common sense, Republican, Democrat, and independent must stand firm. And you have to really stand strong and firm against Biden, crazy Nancy Pelosi, she's a nut job, <laughs> and the extreme power grab. And we must declare with one united voice that we cannot allow America to ever become a socialist country. That's what they're doing. And I really think it's a step beyond. I think it's going to be a communist country. We're not letting it happen. But these, these people, the media, who don't cover anything they do that's wrong, anything they do that's okay, they make it like it's the greatest thing that ever happened. And anything we do that's right, they make it sound bad, evil, and corrupt. They are sick people, and they're really hurting our country. Practically every single Democrat lawmaker in the House and Senate has endorsed this deranged legislation, and that's why every single one of them has to be voted out of office next November. Next November. It's coming up quick. Time flies, right? Time flies. Remember the election? We said, oh, boy, it will never and it's just that, but listen, in November, we have an election already. I mean, think of it. It's a year, year from now, we're having an election. So quickly it flies. Uh, the four years really flew. You know, I did a couple of things. I said, I have two things. Number one is to protect and save our country. And the other thing was to survive against these maniacs. <laughs> we must send the... Well, wasn't wrong. I mean, he, he did have to kind of weighed his way through those two things. Yeah. In addition to calling, you know, Nancy Pelosi a maniac. Maniacs. Yeah. I, I, th I thought it was pretty good. He started to touch on the, the audit election stuff, and he, he went through a couple of states, but it was kind of the usual repertoire from him, you know, saying middle of the night ballot dumps, chains of custody and stuff. But he did specifically talk about the Maricopa one, which I think is uh, really important to focus on right now as it did make the run on Capitol Hill last week. And, and we're waiting to see after some newly released uh, information from the attorney general there now, uh, Mark Burnovich, about, you know, criminally investigating some of the people that have uh, broken laws in Arizona regarding the 2020 presidential election. So let's kind of hear how he weighed in on that and, and just how, you know, he feels that's going on with Arizona at some of those numbers. Just recently, we got the results of the Arizona forensic audit, but the papers refused to report it the way it was, which showed massive irregularities, to put it nicely. That's a nice word. A few of the findings. 23,344 mail-in ballots came from people who no longer lived at that address. Oh, hmm. that's wonderful. Or lived at all. The entire margin in the state, remember, or as they say, lost. We didn't lose. But the number they concocted was 10,457. That's what I lost by, 10,000 votes, a little more than 10,000. There was no chain of custody, which you have to have, 
provided for, listen to this, no chain of custody for 1.9 million mail-in ballots. Now, think of that. We need 10,000. There's no chain of custody for 1.9 million. There were 2,500 duplicated ballots with no serial numbers. Oh, they have to have a serial number. What happened to the serial number? There was also missing serial numbers on thousands and thousands of adjudicated ballots. At least 1,900 blank mail-in ballot envelopes were discovered. Well, it's not supposed to be blank. There were numerous bad signatures on mail-in ballot envelopes that should not have been counted. These are all things that they have. 2,081 votes were cast by people who had moved out of the state. Oh, that's wonderful. But, you know, we're talking about Arizona. You're supposed to live in Arizona. 10,324 voters might have voted in multiple counties. Oh, well, that's okay. I vote here. Let's vote in another county, too. Maybe two or three or four. <laughs> 284,412 ballot images were, quote, corrupt. They quoted corrupt or missing. Hmm. Oh, but I only lost by a little more than 10,000 votes. So he would continue to go on that narrative and, and kind of bring home the, the Arizona um, audit results remarks even more I pointedly. What the number would be? If yeah. you can't, if, if you like subtracted all like the, the chain of custody ballots, all the illegal ballots, the blank ones, I wonder what the final number would be. That'd be pretty interesting to find ones. out. Millions and millions and millions of votes. <laughs> Let's hear some more on the, uh, the election stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. You've been incredible. I always been incredible. But I tell a lot of these Republicans, some rhinos, but people that do like us, people that love the country, sir, think to the future. You shouldn't go back to the past. You have to think. I say, you know, I've been doing this stuff a long time now, not as long as most of us, but for a long time. And I'm telling you, the single biggest issue, as bad as the border is, it's horrible. Horrible what they're doing. They're destroying our country. Yep. As bad as that is, the single biggest issue, the issue that gets the most, the most pull, the most respect, the biggest cheers is talking about the election fraud of 2020 presidential election. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. And these guys will say, and they mean it. You have some bad guys, and then you have the Democrats. They don't want to be caught. You know, a lot of the steal, a lot of what mm. they do is they don't want to talk about it because they know we're so close. They don't want to talk. And when they say cancel and cancel culture, you know why it's canceled? It's not canceled for any other reason. It's canceled because they don't want anyone talking about the election. You can't, they don't write about it. I'll bet you their damn cameras went off. They don't talk about it. They don't want write about it because they know they got caught. They know they got caught. All you have to do is listen to the numbers. And remember what I said, Arizona was more honest than the other states, in my opinion, mm. much more honest than some of them. But the single biggest topic that they want, people that love our country, because they said, you know, if you don't solve this, people aren't going to vote in 22 and 24. They don't want to go through this again. When we have numbers, when I go to 
Arizona or Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania, Butler, Pennsylvania. I had 58,000 people show up in a small town in the middle of Pennsylvania just before the vote. And I said, it's not possible to lose this. That's like the ultimate poll. He would go there and he'd have eight circles and he couldn't fill them so the press would stand there. <laughs> they couldn't fill eight circles. We had 58,000 people. I'd go to Arizona. I went twice. We had 38,000, 42,000, I think maybe even a third time, well over 40,000. And I left, I said, not possible to lose. And then all of a sudden you lose just by a whisper. Now, fraudulent numbers shouldn't take months to accumulate with Democrats and rhino Republicans in the way of every single step we take. They're in the way. We got them by surprise. You know, we all got them by surprise in 2016. And they said, we'll never let this happen again. They worked hard for four years, and yet, we did far better in 2020 than we did in 2016. It was a rigged election. You know, it's very interesting. A reporter from one of the people standing back there, big one, on the liberal side, said, what was the difference between 2020 and 2016? I said, well, the primary difference was I did much better in 2020 than yep. I did in 2016. The rallies were bigger. The enthusiasm was even greater, if that's possible. And we got far more votes, almost 75 million votes, more than any sitting president has ever gotten. Last time we got 63, we got 12 million more votes. No president. So, kind of making his points heard. I don't know if you guys, you know, that was kind of a long clip. There was one thing in there that I thought was really interesting and definitely something that people better start heeding the warning of. Um, he's not talking to the people who go to his rallies. He's not talking to America first candidates. He's not talking to the base when he says, if we don't get this addressed, people aren't going to come out and vote in 2022. He's literally telling them, I'm going to tell people to specifically not vote for you in 2022. Exactly. And and it's one of those things where people could kind of take it as a talking point. They could take it. You've heard some fire and frustration in his voice over the course of, you know, several clips that we played from this rally over the weekend. He is telling them and putting them on notice that that these things need to be taken seriously before we really get into the uh, campaign season, which is just around the corner now. I agree. He did round it up in true Trump fashion. Noah's favorite parts of the rallies. Yeah. The endings. <laughs> um, as we finish our coverage of... Uh, we get some YMCA or no? Change it up a little bit this Ooh. week. Did transition to YMCA, but there was something first. I did keep a little bit of it because I knew you were going to ask for it. Is it Huey Lewis in the news? It's not Huey Lewis in the Damn news. Damn <laughs> Greatest movement in the history of our country. And it's never even challenged when I say that. The fake news never says, well, it's not really true. There was a movement. There's nothing they can say. There's never been a movement like this. I remember one politician true. many mm-hmm. years ago came in second in a certain state, and he became famous for many, many years because he came in second. We won 34 states. We did a job that nobody's ever done. There's never been anything like it. And these are, you are the people that built this country. Mm-hmm. We're not going to take that away. You are the people that built this country. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. 
We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you. Thank you, Iowa. Thank you very much. I'll see you soon. Thank you. <laughs> nice. You went with Macho Man. And as you went around the stage, you know, there's like a long intro to that song, but don't worry, for those who didn't get to see it, he did stop on a dime, turn to the audience, and start doing one of these. Nice. Did he, when, I didn't, I didn't yeah, catch that part because I, I um, had to watch something else. When it got to the part that it was actually singing the Macho Man chorus, he busted out in full Trump did dance. He? Yeah, of course, and everybody started going nuts. He was signing hats and... and Giving Kiss- us more um, more material for some new memes. Yeah, memes. <laughs> kissing babies and all that stuff. And it was, it was just a really good rally. I thought this was probably his best one yet. Um, yeah. he, he's starting to call people out by names on both sides of the aisle. And, and I think that's something that's long overdue. Um, and his, his allegations of election fraud and the non-job anyone's doing to address it is something that he's starting to make more in specifics that I think it also is going to help speed along the process. So... We know that yeah. we already have uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania kicked into the next year. Uh, they won't be starting, you know, their audits until 2022. We had a huge election integrity rally today in Wisconsin, in addition to the stuff that's coming out of Arizona. Uh, like I previously mentioned with uh, Attorney General Brnovich, really starting to, uh, you know, dig in and, and look into some criminal allegations of things going on from what happened there and the, and the results of the Maricopa audit. So what do you guys think overall? Noah, what'd you think about the rally? That was pretty good. Solid, right? It's good to hear him call out some of the uh, deep state ghoulies. Well, just imagine. I know I've said this before, but there's no way that Let's Go Brandon could possibly talk off the cuff and make any sense whatsoever. For like two that. hours and 33 minutes? <laughs> two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> true story. Uh, true story. Antoinette, what did you think? You going to rate it? I think it was great. I think it, it is one of his best rallies for sure. Yeah. It definitely was. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's gaining steam and, and it's going to be interesting to see how fast he jumps back out there and uh, gets back into it now where, where his next stop is going to be. So not yet announced, but I'm sure we'll be hearing about it very soon. Before we move on to other news, we've got a special guest joining us today. He's a candidate for New Hampshire's first congressional district. He's also a business owner. America First Agenda. Mr. Tim Baxter, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah, you're, you're jumping in with us today, padding our stats for America First candidates that we love to have on this show as they make their run for uh, getting into D.C. and fixing a lot of the things that are going wrong. How, what's going on on your end in the, uh, in, in the run for one New Hampshire? Yeah, well, I'm running on uh, those America First policies about, and really what it comes down to is I'm running for Congress to absolutely annihilate the swamp. It's a total mess what's going on with Biden right now. He's totally out of control. Uh, He needs to resign or be impeached. You can look at the spending, Afghanistan, illegal immigration, which is a crisis. 
um, our medical freedom, these executive orders, which are completely unconstitutional that he's proposing. And we need to go in a completely different direction. And we need uh, people in Congress that are going to fight back against his radical agenda. Uh, and here in New Hampshire, I'm in the legislature and we're fighting for the exact opposite um, agenda. You know, we this is the live for your die state. We believe in freedom and liberty here. And here in New Hampshire, I've fought for a full forensic audit of the 2020 election results. I've fought for medical freedom. I've fought to protect people's Second Amendment. And basically what I'm saying is, look, I want to do the exact same thing I've done as a state representative in Congress. I want to fight for your freedom. And, you know, we see we all see just so many corrupt career politicians. And I just want to run to completely annihilate the swamp uh, because we need to clean house right now. Nice. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a lot of the things that we, number one, want stress, to have happen. Yeah, stress on our show. And number two, uh, no longer the silent majority, the majority, oh, yeah, majority, the regular majority now are, are seeing it and definitely want these things to come and, uh, you know, be happening in our country with the direction it's going right now. Uh, let's talk about some issues that are specific to your district first. What are some of the things that your constituents really want to see happen in uh, in your con congressional district as you're making a run right now? Well, there's a lot of issues, things like the opiate epidemic, which mm -hmm. have really hit uh, New Hampshire hard. Um, you know, I run a small nonprofit called Second Chances, and we help people struggling with addiction get into treatment. And what's one of the causes of that? Drugs flowing over the Mexican border. Yeah. Um, and that's illegal immigration, right? So that's one of the number one issues. You know, so many of these issues are tied in to each other. Um, but I also think, you know, maybe the number one thing I hear is election integrity. How are we going to solve all these issues from guns to immigration to the economy if we don't have secure elections? And there's so many politicians, they're more concerned about playing it safe than actually standing up for what's right. And I'm proud to lead the charge for a full forensic audit in New Hampshire. Uh, I'm sure you guys won't be surprised to hear this. Some folks in the establishment don't particularly like that. Not it makes all. them feel uncomfortable. They think it's a bad look for the Republican Party, whatever. I don't really care what they think. I'm trying to fight for what's right, and I'm going to continue to fight for a full forensic audit of the 2020 election results. And anyone out there can go to nhaudit.com to sign my petition to stand with me to support a full forensic audit of the New Hampshire 2020 election results. I like it. Um Something that's just uh, hit in the last maybe three or four days, two different numbers. You had on Friday the jobs number come out for September, which was only 194,000 jobs created, which is abysmal. Um, this morning you, I saw on the news the August not jobs report came out where you saw 3.4 million people walk away from at least part-time jobs in the month of August. It's definitely something going into the holiday season that's going to be affecting millions of families across the country. Um, what are some of the things that you think uh, need to happen to kind of re-energize this economy? Because it's really hurting right now. Well, I would say the first thing is we need freedom, not welfare. Yeah. Uh, we spent $3.85 trillion of stimulus in 2020. Then the Democrats unanimously, they jammed another $1.9 trillion down this country's throat. And now they want even more spending and they want more taxes. And that's going to strangle the economy. 
Uh, New Hampshire, we're a small business state. 90% of the jobs come from small businesses. Wow. A lot of these small businesses, they've been crushed in the pandemic. They can't find workers. We need to reduce regulations and cut taxes. Those were two things that Trump focused very heavily on. And then um, inflation, which is becoming a big issue for the working class, for seniors. Um, you know, that's what happens when government prints money and they're out of control. So we just need fiscal sanity. Um, and that's why we're seeing a lot of the problems that are emerging right now because we're completely out of control in D.C. They're spending money like drunken sailors. Mm. Yeah, they sure are. And that leads me to the next thing I wanted to ask you about. Late last week, you saw several, I believe it was 11 total, of the usual guilties in the Republican Party side with uh, congressional Democrats to help extend and allow them to continue to work on the Biden budget spending bill in addition with agreeing with the uh, kind of like, we'll give it a pause um, up until December and those two issues run together with the, uh, the debt ceiling. Um, you, you talked about going in there and blowing up the swamp. How does it feel to be a Republican by party, a conservative by nature? And then to see some of these people who owe Joe Biden, nothing for the last 10 months, he has literally negative political capital. He has, he can't do anything based off just the job that him and his administration have done in the past 10 months to see these run-of-the-mill rhinos go in there and just give him a mulligan and allow him to float this to December and then maybe put a lot of federal employees at risk of having a really bad Christmas if the government shut down. Yeah, I think the sad reality is a lot of the Republicans that are in office not just at the congressional level, but at the state level around the country, they're complete frauds. And I think, um, you know, a lot of these politicians, they're just making these sick political calculations where they think maybe they're in moderate districts or maybe they've just been there for 30 or 40 years and they think that they have to extend the debt ceiling. Uh, you know, I think about New Hampshire, I'm on the Ways and Means Committee. Um, and one of the things I worked on was our budget. We cut taxes, we cut spending. But we start from the perspective, the same perspective that any business or family starts from. You think about how much money is coming in, and then you budget from there. In D.C., they have this total crazy perspective where they just want to spend. They decide how much they want to spend, and then they don't even care how they pay for it. You can't run a country like that. And you need to hold the line because it's the right thing to do. So I would absolutely vote against um, increasing the debt ceiling. Um, the only reason we should ever consider increasing the debt ceiling is if we actually get our fiscal, uh, you know, whole our whole fiscal budget in order. Yeah. Um, and that's not happening right now. And you see, you know, it starts from the top. Mitch McConnell, yeah. um, you know, what he's doing, he's just a complete rhino and he's a disgrace. Yeah, he really is, and and he just likes to make himself look better, kind of as the you know person who likes to meet in the middle, this, that, and the other thing. He thinks he's getting stuff to put in the bank on it when, in reality, outside of you know the immediate beltway and the people he interacts with every day and kisses his butt, no one really respects him in, in regards to politics anymore. And Donald Trump will be the first person to to point that out, like he did at his rally in Iowa over the weekend. Um, right. Staying on the th the thread of federal workers. Since we were talking about the uh, spending bill and the, and the debt ceiling, the vaccine mandate. 
A lot of questions. I saw some some congressional Republicans speak out, uh, most specifically Ron Johnson and uh, Rand Paul last week. I think Ted Cruz did as well, talking about how, you know, the executive order technically doesn't exist. Uh, OSHA's put out no um, legitimate guidance on it on their government website, um, combined with the fact that the actual vaccine that was supposedly mandated in the executive order doesn't exist in the United States yet. It's not available or ready for the public. Um, what, what do you, I know you've, you touched on it briefly in the beginning. Can you, can you just give us some specifics on how you feel about the VAX mandate and then the effect it might have on federal workers, especially in the law enforcement, you're talking about border patrol and stuff like that with the border crisis we have going on right now, this really negatively affecting a large majority of the workforce. Yeah. So here in New Hampshire, just to give the viewers a little background information, I led the charge in the spring against vaccine passports. I introduced legislation to ban vaccine passports. And ultimately, it was about 20 or so rhinos that voted against freedom that derailed that effort. Um, and that's why, as I'm sure all you guys know, it's so important that we have real conservatives and not, not just any old run of the mill cookie cutter establishment Republican in right. office. Right now, I have legislation which would nullify Biden's unconstitutional vaccine here in New Hampshire. And what the legislation does is it says, Politicians in New Hampshire, if they enforce Biden's unconstitutional vaccine mandate, they will go to jail for 20 years. Now, some people say, oh, Tim, that's extreme. And I say, well, isn't it extreme that we're going to, through executive decree, take away people's medical freedom? I think the appropriate response to that is to jail politicians if they're going to go along with violating people's constitutional rights. So that's how I'm fighting back right now. Um, I think, you know, Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, those are two of the best senators in the country, in my opinion. And Rand Paul in particular has been great on Fauci, Um, myself included. I've said that Fauci should be in prison because he lied to Congress under oath. And we need more representatives in Washington that are going to stand up and won't give an inch when it comes to protecting people's medical freedom. That's what I'll do. And if you want to support me, if you believe in supporting medical freedom, please go to BaxterForCongress.com. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely awesome that your stance on that is extreme and uh, probably something that's long overdue, especially with the when you just look at the totality of the whole pandemic and, and the fact that, you know, stuff happened, but not as they teased and not how they're still continuing to restrict and lock people down and mandate certain things and what they're doing to the children. It's just, it's just awfully overblown and and awful in general. Um, Last thing I wanted to touch on, it kind of encompasses a lot of the things that, uh, that you talked about in regards to voter integrity and what happens when administrations get changed, the policies change, and it does a lot of bad things to the country in some cases like it is now. Uh, the opioid crisis and then the effect of the vaccine mandates on the federal workers. Let's talk about the southwest border. Um, we've seen over a million plus confirmed already cross the border this year. In addition to the proposed, probably, you know, in just the next few short months with the caravans that are on their way up right now from South and Central America, looking at over 2 million crossing the border and just released into the United States, unvetted, unscreened, untested, unanything. And, and what that does to break down the sovereignty of the United States, especially due to the fact of where they're sending these people to, Michigan, Wisconsin, different parts of Texas, Florida. It's, it seems like when you start to mention those states, you see a trend in regards to elections. So 
what is your feeling on how, you know, this crisis has been handled? Obviously, we know it's going to be awful, but things that we need to do now um, once we get through the midterms to try and stop what's going on down there. Yeah, it's a great question. I feel like where we are right now is a byproduct of people being more concerned about mean tweets than the actual policies that are impacting Americans. I think we just need to completely overhaul um, our immigration policy. We should start from the state from the the principle that our immigration policy should be first and foremost to help Americans. If someone comes in legally, if they're, I like to say, we want winners, not losers. They're a winner if they pay taxes, if they come here legally, if they follow the laws, if they speak English. But it should be about who's helping us Americans. We shouldn't just have a standpoint where, well, we want to be generous to other people, so we have to accept people in here. We already except 1 million legal immigrants a year, the most of any country in the world. We're a very generous country yeah. with in terms of how many immigrants we let in. When it comes to legal immigration, people that aren't following our laws, they're committing crimes, they're not paying taxes. To be frank, they're a loser and we don't want you here and we shouldn't have any tolerance for illegal immigration. We need to secure our border. Here in New Hampshire, I'm leading the fight against illegal immigration. I've got legislation in, this is my third bill, and what my bill would do is it would mandate E-Verify. You see all these woke, woke corporations that they don't care about legal immigration. And we need to go after corporations that are profiting off of legal immigration. So that's how I'm fighting back right now in New Hampshire. And we need to completely overhaul our immigration policy as a country. Yeah, we definitely uh, feel the same way as you. And it's something that uh, it, it, it's just ruining a lot of the good things that, you know, make America what it is. Um, the preservation of the language of certain cultures of a hardworking society, you know, it's, it's destroying the middle class by, by letting in so many economic migrants. I mean, these people are, that are coming in now, they're not asylum seekers. They're not refugees. They're not coming from war-torn places. An overwhelming majority of the ones that have come in this year have been living in Central and South America for nearly a decade, if not more, and uh, have run out of government services in those countries. So NGOs have helped import them up to the border and it looks like some of the groups that are on the way now have a really aggressive stance on just how and fast they're going to get in. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward when they get here um, how bad this crisis can really get. Oh, it can get worse. Oh, it sure uh -huh. can. It's going to get worse. Yeah. So, um, Tim, before we cut with you today, and, and it's been amazing listening to kind of you lay out the pillars of your candidacy. We wish you the best of luck. We also hope that at some point during the 2020 two season we get to have you back um you you've mentioned a couple websites the the nh audit one your second chances one and then your congressional one we'd like to link all three of them live in our show description today in addition to your social medias can you direct our audience to where they could find you sure so uh tim baxter nh is my twitter um and you can find me there on facebook as well and then baxterforcongress.com is my website um, and then you also mentioned nhaudit.com. That's to sign the petition for the full forensic audit. And then secondchancesnh.com uh, to learn more about Second Chances, my nonprofit, helping people struggling with addiction here in New Hampshire. Um, so, and, and I'd be happy to come on later in the future. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing. We need to keep the fight um, for America first and for our conservative values. And we'll continue to have awesome America first candidates like you on Mr. Tim Baxter running in New Hampshire's first congressional district. Thanks for coming on with us today and we wish you the best of luck moving forward. My pleasure. Thank you guys. So breaking away from 
all things awesome, like mm-hmm. a Trump rally and getting into all things crappy, like the current occupying administration right now. Mm. Um, as they continue to tank, we start to see more and more people, some of the usuals, but some different, um, and some non-government on both sides of the aisle, kind of rearing their faces and getting in this fight. Uh, Rand Paul was uh, on Capitol Hill yesterday talking about one of his favorites, Dr. Fauci, because mm. we're all part of the problem, allegedly. And let's hear what he had to say, speaking about his good friend Anthony. But we're a, a country misguided and led astray by media that aren't honest. So, for example, if you watched CNN, you would think that nobody's getting vaccinated and it's a complete disaster and, whoa, we're stuck in this rut because no one's vaccinated. It's completely untrue. Over 90% of people over 65 who are the most vulnerable are Mm -hmm. vaccinated. We've talked about this. Now, sure, there are a lot of younger people who aren't vaccinated. There's some older people, but 90% is a pretty good success. Over age 50, it's like 75, 80% of people People are informed. They know this is a disease that can affect any age, but affects primarily the older ages. For example, the one truth you won't be told is an 85-year-old has a 10,000 times greater chance of dying than the 10-year-old. Now, you think we should treat them the same? Mm. If you were their doctor, do you think a 10-year-old should get the same health care and the same prescriptions for what they need to do as an 85-year-old? Makes no sense at all. I see 10-year-olds and I see five-year-olds out on the mall. My wife and I are walking down to the Lincoln Memorial the other day, and I see five-year-olds in, in groups led by teachers wearing masks outside. Disgusting. There is no science to that. we got Dr. Fauci spreading mistruths across the country, saying we've got to forcibly vaccinate the kids. There's no science These behind any of that. We have a problem yeah. in our country. We have people some who have guests, so though. politicized science that there are people struggling and dying every day because they've never heard about monoclonal antibodies. Mm -hmm. We have people dying every day because the government, at the behest of Dr. Fauci and a few other people, have said you can't get monoclonal antibodies if you're in the hospital. I talk to people every day who really have not yet heard of monoclonal antibodies, who get COVID again after being fully vaccinated or sometimes not being vaccinated and are not getting the treatment. Because Dr. Fauci says if you're in the hospital, you don't get it. How dare you? <laughs> and so we have medicine that is coming from on high from a central authority like the Politburo, and doctors are afraid to prescribe. This has never happened in our country before. Doctors were able to make their own decisions based on their own experience, based on studies, based on real-life examples, but using their own discretion. Now doctors are afraid to prescribe monoclonal antibodies, and many of them are disallowed from prescribing it in the inpatient. Realize the ridiculous nature of that. You're in the emergency room. You're sick and you're coughing. You might be dying from COVID. You get to the emergency room. You don't know what to say. You can barely talk. Your spouse has to be able to tell the doctor, please stop in the emergency room. Give them the monoclonal antibodies before they're admitted. Because once they're admitted, we won't treat them. It's the same way with symptoms. You have to have symptoms within the first 10 days. If you don't have symptoms, if you're on day 11, you won't get monoclonal antibodies. That's lovely, right? Mm. And it's the truth. You know, for for someone who's not a virologist, he's sure gone and done his homework. And I think him being just a doctor in general has really been able to help him kind of spearhead and champion this when referring to all things COVID, including his best friend. Well, I definitely, you know, 
trust him a little bit more than uh, Mr. You are part of the problem. Well, don't worry. Mm. He's back on the show this week. Guess what? What? He's talking about Halloween. You oh, we're not allowed to have Halloween either? Well, oh, yeah. Why don't, why don't you just listen to Is he talking about razor blades and the candy? Here's the thing. His children always loved Halloween. Is he talking about how, how much he likes candy corn? <laughs> He's probably the only one that likes it and black licorice and all I that stuff. I, actually, yeah. I, don't, I don't really mind either of those. You're vaccinated, but you can get out there. You're outdoors for the most part, at least when my children were out there doing trick-or-treating, mm. um, and enjoy it. I mean, this is a time that children love. It's, it's a very important part of the year for children. I know my children enjoyed it. So, I mean, again, particularly if you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, <sighs> again, oh. think about it, that you'll add an extra degree of protection to yourself and your children and your family and your community. So it's a good time to reflect on why it's important to get vaccinated, but go out there and enjoy Halloween as well as the other holidays that will be coming up. So he's probably all for Halloween, but he's not for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Well, he doesn't Aaron. know about either one of those yet, but stop blowing them out of proportions like a lot of the disinformation. Well, I like how his, according his, to him, his tune has changed when everybody started shitting on him about the not being able to join with your family for the holidays stuff. I wonder what Mr. Garrison feels about that. Ugh. Oh, scissor me timbers. I think it's going to be the best place in the show for that one. Oh, oh, oh. That's enough. Oh. <laughs> you got one more? Nope. Okay. Um, but but it, it's pretty interesting to see that that narrative is kind of shifting the more and more it, it's, it's being, you know, held up in, in the House and the Senate uh, just to what's going on. Because, uh, you know, it's one of those things where eventually this is all going to be debunked. I hope these people are all tar and feathered, to say the least. Lynched. Yeah, it's just it's just awful. And it's one of those things where... Uh, that would be another great pay-per-view to end world hunger. Oh, tar yeah. and feathering all these people. I would pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that one. Um, We did have some uh, people speaking out. Over the uh, course of the last 24 hours in, in regards to this whole COVID narrative, I think one of the ones that I, I thought was interesting, for me at least, was the whole um, the Southwest Airlines thing that's going on. You guys have both saw that, right? Yeah. So without either side officially announcing, that's what it was because you can't. I like the little meme where it's the Southwest Airline flying by the American flag one and it's dropping red pills. Oh, yeah. I posted that one. <laughs> I mean, or, it's true. Or the one with the planes saying, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, that one too. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's really interesting to see the way strikes work in, in organized businesses as you, you really can't acknowledge it unless it's like a full-on strike in front of the business, which this is not. Yeah. This is a... Yeah. Uh, this well, is, it's a sick out, basically. Yeah, that's that's what it was. But Southwest has denied it, and so is the labor union because they would be in violation of their contract if they did. However, you just don't have... 3,300 people that work at the airport just not show up to work in like a two-day span. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean the union organized it. It just means that everybody else, you know, maybe they got a group chat going. In addition yeah. to the <laughs> almost <telegram>. 700 <laughs> air traffic controllers who have called out sick in the last couple of days, it's just really messing things up. Domestic terrorists. And, and when Southwest officially announces that it's due to inclement weather that they're having so many cancellations and you see none of oh, the other air, airlines canceling flight. <laughs> oh, and then you look at the weather map and it's and like nothing. a couple of little green sprinkles on the map. That's it. Yeah. So they, they did have an employee 
from American Airlines in uniform come out and make a statement on behalf of all the people who are fighting for medical freedom right now. I He's think probably fired. Not yet, but but I thought it was a really good clip and definitely one we need to hear on here. If you haven't heard it yet, let's let's, let's hopefully he called in sick after that. Shiver his timbers. Oof! There you go. Mandate and so, let's hit it. I've been an airline pilot for 18 years, and now I'm facing an ultimatum. Not a choice, but an ultimatum. I'm being told in order to continue my career as an airline pilot, I must be vaccinated, which really means I have to choose between putting food on the table for my family and my freedom of choice. Whether you believe in vaccination is the right thing to do or not, the situation goes far beyond health. We, the American people, have fought for freedom for 257 years. We go around the world spreading ideas of freedom and democracy. We help other countries and people fight for their freedoms while ours are being stripped away. You may think being forced to wear a mask or get a vaccination is insignificant, but when you begin to compile mandate after mandate and loss of freedom after freedom, it becomes very significant. Mm -hmm. As each thing is taken away, we face what is known as the shifting baseline syndrome. This syndrome changes our idea of a new and acceptable normal. Soon, we will not remember what it was like to have the freedoms we once did. Our children and our grandchildren will experience less freedom, and they won't have the privilege or the pleasure to enjoy the same choices our parents had or that we have. If we give into these mandates and we do not stand up for our freedom of choice, we dishonor every armed service person over the last 257 years. A disservice to the people who have fought and bled for the very freedoms we enjoy. Whether you believe in vaccination or not, I'm standing up for your freedom of choice. You may support the vaccine mandates because they fall in line with your current beliefs. But if we let this happen now, there will be a day when what you're told to do will not fall in line with your beliefs. If we do not stand together and fight back in one voice, soon we could be told where to live, what job we will do, what religion to believe, and how many children we can have. Do you really want someone telling your children or your grandchildren what, when, and how they will live every minute of their lives? It's time we take a stance. It's time we fight for our freedom of choice while we still can. Join us. What do you think, Antoinette? That was pretty powerful. Yeah, very powerful. Yeah, he's definitely getting fired. I don't care. You know, (laughs) it's the people that go out and and really put their necks on the line. Well, I'll be the first one to give him, you know, some money on GoFundMe because that seems to be the thing. And I think you and I know a little bit about, well, not getting fired yet, but. Mm, From Walmart? Yeah, so. It's one of those I think things. courage is contagious, so the more people speak out, you know, like well, this, yeah. it's just going to be piling on. And it's pretty funny to see a non-professional like himself, well, professional pilot, but non-professional right. like movie person, right? put something so well together. And I know, contra- I was shocked too. Contrast that with the dumpster fire that was that Kamala Harris uh, oh, yeah. Canadian movie, whatever that she did over the weekend with kids that all had to be casted and ask really awkward questions about NASA, yeah. which we all know is fake and gay anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just like a liar talking to liars about an entire narrative. That's a lie. The entire thing is <laughs> scripted and they can't even do that right without making you feel uncomfortable. And then you have some guy who's an airline pirate pilot go out there and, you know, that's enough of a speech right there that he was talking about. You'd probably have some football teams fired up if you listen to that. 
And, For sure. and, and it's one of those things where you, you could see where the, the genuality of it comes into like the real compassion, the, the people who are doing this to us in, in big government and big corporations and the media, they don't give a shit. Now, now that this stuff is out there, there's presidential executive orders, there's mandates all over the place. Like, you know, people are trying to stop it. And like, let's just say places like Texas and, and Florida. And then you have these assholes. They're just like, well, fuck those governors and, and fuck these senators. We're just going to do what we want. Everyone's going to wear a mask. Your kids are going to wear a mask. Everyone's getting vaccinated, but they're phoning it in so bad. And it looks so yeah. shitty. Everyone's getting tired of it. You, oh yeah. You see people from the left continuously, uh, defecting over to the at least like guys is getting a little old side. They may not be against the stuff yet, but at least they're getting, they're like, dude, we can't do anything and we can't say anything. Yeah. It's a bit much, you know? Yeah. So, so I definitely think it's a, uh, it's a really good uh, thing that's happening right now. And, and something that, uh, you know, I hope will continue the uh, CEO of Southwest made it on uh, one of the, uh, like Fox Business Channel today, and he was talking about the response to, well, first of all, the stock going down a little bit. Well, yeah. Uh, but second of all, just the overall mandate. And I was pretty interested. I thought he would have a little bit of a different stance, but I was pretty interested to hear what he said. Let's take a quick listen. Yeah, that this is somehow related to vaccine mandates. There's just no evidence of that. Uh, you know, as I said, and as Captain Murray said, our people are working very hard. Uh, they're doing a great job. I'm mm. very proud of them. Mm. Uh, and especially when we get into a difficult situation like this, uh, they're also delayed. They're also ending up in places uh, that they didn't expect. So, uh, no, our people are doing a, a phenomenal job. And the vaccine mandate obviously is controversial. And uh, it's not anything that, that I wish for our company. Uh, this is a government mandate. It's a presidential order. Uh, and we're doing our best to comply with that uh, according to the deadlines that, that have been set. Um, a lot of people invest. So, and please excuse my error. That was not Fox Business. That was uh, Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos, who is even bigger and douchier than the people I aforementioned on Fox Business. So mm. there you have that. He's um, basically blaming Biden. Yes, he, he certainly is. They're starting to push well, back. Well, that's new. Yeah. Definitely, and, and hopefully it's something we won't see the last of. I mean, that guy's got a lot of corporate clout, and, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's one of those things where you, you these people don't want to do this to their workers. They right, don't want, and they're feeling the heat in, in their pockets, too. I mean. Well, they wanted to do it to the workers until they started feeling the heat in the pocket. I don't believe true. any of these big business people that are full-blown riding for Biden are trying to play innocent now. Well, here's the yeah, I completely I also know agree that with this you. Is good. There's going to be backlash. They yeah. couldn't have not known that there was going to be some sort of backlash. And, and we do have I to keep it. Think that they thought it was going to get this to this point, you know? Well, yeah, because there's YouTube montages of every single fucking person that works in Washington, D.C. saying <laughs> that first, they're not going to take the vaccines. Then yeah. they're going to beat COVID. They won the election. Then there's not going to be vaccine mandates. Now, assholes are still wearing masks. They're mandating vaccines all the way down to fucking kids two and up. And, you know, it, 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 they have these executive orders right now, which are going to put out millions of people on the streets, which isn't going to go good with those August numbers that we talked with uh, Tim Baxter about, which, again, I'll remind everybody, in the month of August, 3.4 million people walked away from at least part-time employment up through full. Okay, and that goes with the awful jobs increase of September, which was only 194 thousand jobs and there's plenty more people willing to walk away because yeah, you want to know what yeah. 
it's getting close to Christmas. Got to get a new stimmy out there. Mm. So, yeah, exactly. Like a good stimmy. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's where we're kind of at with, with the COVID narrative. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to sandwich a really good person who works in the government with two absolute ghouls. Ooh. Yeah, you like that? A ghoul sandwich. Ghoul sandwich. Gabagool? Hey. <laughs> uh, Nancy Pelosi today was talking about, I don't know. Something to do with the budget. She was hammered as usual, so <laughs> we'll kind of hear her uh, drool through uh, some monologue right now before we get to, uh, yeah, Mr. Rick Scott. The uh, Build Back Better is three baskets. It's climate, which mm. we spent some time talking about already. Health, jobs, security. That's four. And moral responsibility. That's five. That's five. It's health care, oh. fam- uh, the uh, issues uh, that relate to the Affordable Care Act, Medicare and Medicaid, and family care. <laughs> I mentioned some of those issues already. And so uh, whatever we do, it will be transformative. It will produce results. And That's we would are very grateful to our president for saying, I want to pass the bipartisan bipartisan um, legislation on infrastructure, but I will not confine my vision for the future to what is, can be in that bill. Hence, we need the Build Back Better. Okay, here's two things that I took away from that. Number one, well, three, and I'm not going to do her math. Tur- his hair turns blonde in the sun. It's honestly three things. Number one, she's hammered. Oh, always. Number two, I just talked about phoning it in, and then you'd say, you know. <laughs> yeah, what is, what's the... <laughs> The panting. <laughs> she says, Build Back Better is three pillars, and then she rattles off fucking 12 things. So, no. She's the mic. Right. And then she talks about her vision for the future. Well, maybe she's doing the new math. What is it? Uh, Common Core? Common Core. Here's, here's a spoiler alert. Did the problem wrong, but got the right answer. On her vision for the future, it's opening up her eyes and seeing the inside of a pine box. Wait. She's a thousand oh. years old. Yeah. She oh, talks yeah. about her vision yeah, for the future. Exactly. She doesn't have one. She doesn't have vision. Apparently that, ugh. we did have, she's, so she's just gross. I just, those, just those gag. photos where they zoom in on her eye sockets and it looks like she's wearing a latex mask of herself. It's frightening. I know. Yeah, it's with, scary. with those painted on airbrushed on, uh, eyebrows. They're just, yes. Rubber mask looking ghoul that she is. Um, Rick Scott jumped in kind of talking about things that are against building back better and the budget uh, in Congress yesterday. And I'd like you guys to listen to what he had to say. I thought it was pretty powerful. In regards Does he go to- like at all? He definitely I want doesn't. to be very clear. What President Biden is proposing here is as close to policy from communist China mm. oh. that we've seen in the United States. Yeah. In oppressive regimes like Cuba and communist China, we've come to expect a surveillance state where the government has access to every part of a person's life. Now, Joe Biden wants to bring that here to America. Let me explain what the Biden administration and Democrats in Washington are proposing. Say it. Democrats want to open your bank account to federal agents. Under Joe Biden's America, the federal government's authority would be vastly expanded so the IRS could get a look at any account over $600. The madness doesn't stop there. This new rule from Joe Biden would also require banks to report every transaction of $600 or more. Mm. And does anyone honestly think the federal government will keep your private information safe? Nope. Want to buy a bed? Here comes the federal government. Let's say you want to buy a new shotgun. Hunting season's coming up. Again, here comes the feds. How about giving money to your favorite charity, supporting a cause or a political candidate you care about, paying for childcare or paying for mental health counseling? 
Perhaps you're just selling off some old furniture and want to put your profits in a savings account. For every one of these transactions I've just described, the government is going to come take a look. Every American should be disgusted and furious by this insane overreach of the federal government. Don't hate anything he says. No, that sounds like some of the points that you've made throughout the show. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. He, he's a little bit older than you. You guys kind of look the same. Yeah. He's, he's got <laughs> he's nice, extremely handsome. Very handsome, nice, piercing blue eyes, and oh. he's bald. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, like I said with, with Rand Paul, I did have, like, one of those. I had a good Ted Cruz one today. It was just a really long clip, and it was one of those ones where they, like, made it into a movie when he spoke on Capitol Hill yesterday. And he just, I love Rand Paul, but he kind of has Muppet hair. Yeah, he does. Well, that's what happens when you get ran over by John Deere a couple times. Like uh, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when he's getting run over by the, the steamroller? Yes, definitely. Steamroller. <laughs> so, but, you know, th- these things are coming back out, and, and, and they're, they're being mentioned on Capitol Hill on a more frequent basis. Um, I did promise ghoul sandwich. Ooh. So, no one's ghoulier. Butter your bread. Do you want her to butter your bread? Uh, probably not. Hillary Clinton? Oh! <sighs> I'm going to butter you dead. She's not back. Thank God not running for anything yet. But. Running for being alive? Threatening to never go away. Well, <laughs> Basically. Yeah. She was on Good Morning America, too. She she followed up on uh, our, our good friend. And uh, let's hear what he, she had to say about her never-ending life cycle. I believe you said it's up to us to make sure the plot stays fictional. After writing this, any interest at all in getting back into the game of politics? I will never be out of the game of politics. I'm not going to be running for anything, but I really feel, Amy, and I know uh, George was interviewing Adam Schiff Mm -hmm. before. I really feel like our democracy is at stake, and there's many reasons for that. Some of them we saw on uh, the screen with the insurrection. Some of them because of the revelations about Facebook that creates a world of disinformation instead of, you know, one that uh, we can agree on what the facts are. I really am worried Who's about we? what's happening at home and around the world. So I'm never going to get out of, uh, you know, being uh, involved, worried, and hopefully trying to help in some way. Oh, Second. God, please. Believe don't. it or not, jail. Yeah. Like He's this. talking about disinformation, and she's the queen of disinformation. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah who's, who is the we that we're talking about here? Because uh, the, we, right. the we that I'm on is pretty much, you know. I'm certain some people listen. I don't know if if everyone listens. I'm not sure if John Durham listens to us yet. If you are, please make it stop. You could stop her. You're the only one that could stop her. And are you a real person? Yeah, that's true. I love those John Durham deep fake ones. (laughs) (laughs) What does he call himself? He's got like a nickname for himself. And it's just like a Punisher. Punisher John Durham. Yeah. The person who does the deep state video. They need to do do a John Durham deep fake where he's doing the Werther's original commercial. No, he does the one where it's like, if you want me to move faster, send me scotch. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, no better way to end this segment than with Noah's all-time favorite, Jen Psaki, mm. getting hemmed up Chucky. about poll numbers. We, I remember. Uh, let me be clear. Yeah. On Friday, we talked about those abysmal numbers, and people continued to hit her moving into the new week. Let's hear what they had to say when they uh, blindsided her a couple of these buttes. I know people are going to talk about polls and you might say that they don't mean anything, but um, it's also fair to say the White House, when there are good polls, you you publicize them. So what do you make of these really terrible polls? Uh, Are they that he's doing something wrong? Is it just the communication or is it he's doing the popular things that have to be done? 
something else. Sure. Well, look, I would say that this is a really tough time in our country. We're still battling COVID. No, we're not. Uh, and a lot of people thought we'd be through it, uh, including us. Uh, and we, because of the rise of the Delta variant, mm. uh, because of the fact that uh, even though it was a vaccine that was approved under a Republican administration, uh, even though uh, we now have full FDA approval, no, and even though it's widely available across the country, we still have a quarter of the country who have uh, less than that, uh, 20 percent of the country who have decided not to get vaccinated. Oh, no lie. question that's having an impact. Uh, and of course, as the president has said, the buck stops with him. So it's one of those things where. That buck stocks? What? I don't know. I think she said buck bump stock. We bump just, stocks? We We're just, doing that again? Well, we just had passed the anniversary of the Vegas shooting, which we still know nothing about, according to the FBI. So why not mention bump stocks? Um, well, those princes, you know. Cheers to that rec- reporter for following up on on literally the narrative that Donald Trump said in the audio we played earlier yeah. regarding his speech, where whenever, you know, anyone does something good that's a conservative, it's immediately destroyed. And then no matter how awful the things they do is poll numbers through the roof, everybody loves it. It's just so bad right now that you can't not see it. I will say that as much as I want to think that the media is, I don't know, waking up and actually going after the administration, it's really just about ratings. Like their ratings are so bad yeah. That they have to resort to shitting on Jen Psaki to get somebody to react and watch. Controversy. And, yeah, going back to our Friday show, that Michigan thing that, you know, we talked about the whole Lori Lightfoot incident. Do you know he made those reporters wait? He showed up late an hour and 37 minutes and then spoke for 11. Mr. Mayor? No, Mr. Resident. Oh, oh really? I thought you were talking about Mr. Yeah. Lightfoot. Yeah, well, I was just kind of <laughs> encompassing the whole, you know, segment of the show that we talked about that stuff. And and these people were, I mean, they were all traveling on short notice. It was Friday. And then he just fucking leaves them sitting in a, in, in a room. Wow. Yeah. For, for almost, a, you know, for over an hour and a half and then spoke for nearly 11 minutes and took no questions. Crazy. Yeah, it's just one of those things that they've af- absolutely had it with his shit. And uh, there's, like I said, there's so much stuff going wrong right now. They can't plug the dam fast enough. Yeah. Um, round and third, heading home. Last segment, the great surveillance states. Stuff that we've seen, you know, we've we've talked about it kind of here. Hillary Clinton's coming back into the narrative. Donald Trump's naming people by names. John Durham's working behind the scenes. Um, and, and all of these things that are going on and are affecting our country right now. Time for a poll. I guess we're only going to have one today since mm. Donald Trump, he laid out the fact that the election was rigged and stolen. He said it several times throughout his speech. So we only need to take one. And I'm actually going to break news that no one knows, but Antoinette doesn't yet. Mm-hmm. And this is actually real breaking news. Okay. So our first audio clip is with uh, Miss uh, Miranda Devine, who appeared on Steve Bannon's war room yesterday. So let's talk about him. Is Steve Bannon Q? Send it around the table real quick. Me? No. Noah? How about new? Antoinette. No. We can all be in agreement with that. You just did the Nancy Pelosi thing. I know because (laughs) I I, I don't usually say these words on air, but I'm going to have to ask you guys. I'm going to give you a Steve Bannon poll B. Is Steve Bannon a cunt? A cunt. A cunt? Yes. Ooh, that's a. After finding out some new revelations, I'm going to say unfriendly word. Noah? I don't know. Antoinette. I think he can be a cunt. I mean, anybody can, but. Well, everybody else said it. Cunt. So. Cunt. I'm going to pull up my uh, messages right now. I had a conversation this morning 
with none other than Mr. Raheem Kassam. Oh, did you? I did. Nice. Uh, he wasn't nice. <laughs> he was pissed. So at he, you? He, well, he put on his... Not at, not at you. Not at me in general. Just to, let me explain. And again, we're breaking oh. news here. The situation. I, think I, I just got heated. I'm like, did he say something? I'm no. Did you want to know what? Me and Noah kind of went with it. Went through it with Nick. We don't think Nick's a cunt. Nick, you're not a cunt if you ever listen to this show again. We we still love you. But separating is weird, especially when you're rich and famous like they all are, right? I keep trying to get Nick to come on the show. I know. Well, here's the thing. Rakeem, or Raheem put up this morning on his Instagram. That's like, probably why he's mad because you called him Rakeem. Where do you want me to go next? And he was like taking a picture out of a plane window. So I wrote, back to War Room. Okay, be a little simp bitch fanboy like I was just being. My like before I could even see the re- before the little box that said sent finished yeah. unpopulating, he immediately DM'd me, <laughs> and it's like what? he's like, bro, I get it. Next person that says that to me, I'm blocking them. And I was like, uh, in all due respect, sir, I said it in a good way. <laughs> and he's like, no, I get it. Blame Steve. And I put a question mark, and he wrote, greedy cunt. Oh, shit. So then I said, oh, wow, it's like that? I didn't know, and sorry to hear that. Long story short, we'll continue to follow and support you because we think you do good work in this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, yeah, it's like that. Wow. And then, yeah, I, I kind of said, well, much respect. Hope you're doing well. And he put a little heart emoji on the last thing, and that was it. Huh. And he was okay. gone. So, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Well, I don't, I don't know the backstory. Was he, like... Did he have some like a big hand in like War Room? Well, uh, when you click on his Instagram link, it says specifically, Englishman in D.C., editor-in-chief mm-hmm. of the National Pulse, co-founder of War Room Pandemic. Oh. Oh, I see. An O-founder. And Steve's essentially replaced him with Jack Posobiec. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. Like Jack so much. Huh? No, and you want to know what? Jack was also being a cunt this weekend. He was going on a blockathon while he was on vacation in Miami. And I, I don't think that stuff's like, okay, here's the thing. On Friday, Jack starts posting all this shit because he was ripping Pfizer and Pfizer blocked him on Instagram or on Twitter, right? So he's like, oh, badge of honor, this, that, the other thing. So then he goes on vacation. And he takes a couple shitty pictures with his family. And like some of the major influencers in our orbit start making fun of him. You know, they do the. <laughs> They, there was like one where they were all in beach chairs and Jack's face kind of looks like, I don't want to be here, but it was like his wife and his two kids. You know, yeah. he's a huge family guy. You know, he was having a good time. It was just a bad picture, but someone made the, the 4chan. If you only knew how bad things really were and captioned oh, it with gosh. that. And then they start spreading it all over line and online and stuff, you know, and, and it kind of got off the rails, but then like, you know, he blocked Breb. That's bad though. It's just a joke. He blocked I mean, Breb. He blocked Breb. For what? I don't oh, he know. Blocked Breb? Yes. He blocked Breb. So oh I, I just think that was complete oh, was he talking shit about Q. He he said like uh, Q's MAGA fiction or whatever. Yes, is? yes, like, yes. Yeah, he, he so has like, put up a come little. On. He's the cunt. Uh, <laughs> he he has put up some some cringeworthy me. stuff lately, and uh, you know I've talked to Jack too. We've talked even more extensively than that conversation I had with Raheem. Um, you know I, I I think it's interesting. He has said he won't come on our podcast due to contractional things in the past, but then I do see him go on smaller, less known. But hotter girls, he might not know what you look like, Antoinette. You know, you're, you're a very pretty young lady. But I saw him, you know, he did like one Zoom on. In. He did one on spiritual warfare uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. But you see the girl, she's like tall, drink water, blonde hair, like right up his alley. Oh, Jack it, or Raheem? Uh, Jack. And the, oh, okay. the, the lady essentially looked 
comparable, and I'm not saying that looks like his wife, but comparable to her. She was of the mold. And okay. it's one of those things. He goes on some random podcast and talks about spiritual warfare, which is very important in this Great Awakening movement. However, oh, I, think I saw a clip of that. Yeah, I, I shared it because I thought it was actually good. It was like a beginner's guide for understanding spiritual warfare. And then they talked yeah. about a whole bunch of other stuff in his podcast, which I will say and go on the record is not that good. And I don't know how it's in the top three in Apple iTunes. Not like we will ever be, but it's just very dry and very normy. And I don't think there's any real information in that other than you could see on all the cable news channels with his spin. Right, right. So I've never watched it to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I listened to a couple of them and I'm like, if I'm not literally getting anything out of this to make me smarter or I don't like like the hosts yeah. and hear the, you know, their points of view. And yeah. uh, but it's pretty interesting to see what's going on in the whole war room orbit right now, getting back to it and the great surveillance state. Let's hear that clip from Steve Bannon with Miss Miranda Devine on how bad things really are in D.C. right now. So, Miranda. You think that this is one that Biden's not going to be able to hide from, that he's, he's crossed the line with these independent moms. They're not going to forget it. They're going to fight back. They're not going to back down to the FBI. They're not going to back down to Merrick Garland. And they're certainly not going to back down to Joe Biden. And you think this is going to have a big impact in 2022? Well, it sure will, because it's, you know, the great disillusionment. And I think once you've seen what Joe Biden is, you see that he's incompetent, he's dishonest, and he's malicious. Uh, about his political enemies. So he's the opposite of what he sold himself as. And um, so you can't, once you've seen that, you really can't unsee it. And I think that people will take out their uh, anger at being tricked and hoodwinked against the Democrats across the board uh, in the, the midterms and uh, probably again in 2024. Okay, okay. so here's the thing. Okay. All this nonsense about buyer's remorse, if the mainstream media and the tech oligarchs had allowed the American people to do due diligence, even even a uh, modicum of due diligence. And it was the cor- courage of the New York Post to publish the story on Hunter Biden's hard drive from hell, hmm. led by the legendary Miranda Devine. When is this book coming out? Because this book's going to be a blockbuster. Laptop from hell out November 30. And uh, we did try to warn people, um, you know, back in October, we, we published some of the bombshells from this laptop mm-hmm. of Hunter Biden's, uh, which told the story of Joe Biden. It's really about Joe Biden and his lies and dishonesty and uh, influence peddling around the world. We tried to tell uh, the American people that, but we were shut down by big tech and the rest of the media. So it's all, I've done a forensic deep dive into the laptop. It's all laid out for you in very easy to read and understand form. And it's pretty gobsmacking when you see the extent of the corruption. Hey, Noah, can you describe what gobsmacking it means? <laughs> uh, I think it's just a figure of speech more than anything. I mean, you've traveled the world a little bit more than I have, though, so I was just wondering if you... Ah. I don't know what the actual definition for that would be. Hmm. Gobsmacking? Like, it's a weird It's weird to, like, put like, an ING like after utterly, it. Utterly astonished. Well, that's the official. Or astounded. Yeah. I think uh, it's definitely something that uh, from across the pond is maybe used a little bit more. Uh, yeah, it's like speechless commonly. and whatnot, but like gum yeah. smacking, which is call, a weird way. To... Holy shit! It's a, it's a British thing though, because I've heard like my fan, my my in laws are British, so I've heard it in England. More yeah, but it'd be like a gub smacked, not a gub smacking. Yeah. So then we transition now 
after some issues with the parents, and even touch on a little Hunter Biden's laptop, figuratively only, we don't ever want to touch that thing with our hands. It's gross. Yeah. Or anything else. God knows what that guy stuck inside of it before. Oh, my God. Or just his dirty hands. Ugh. There's dirty teeth. Um, he doesn't have teeth. That's true. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hoff from the Gateway Pundit sat down with a uh, CIA whistleblower. Nice. Who's talking about some interesting things going on within the uh, agency. Uh, more specifically in regards to the uh, most recent presidential election. I thought it was a good piece. You know, the guy was, I don't know how you, he sounds a little bit nervous. I don't know if it's because that he's finally coming out with this stuff because those guys are, you know, pretty stone cold for the most part. Well, no, that's not true. I would say an overwhelming majority of people like in the FBI and the CIA are nerds. Yeah. And uh, are like the, I'm going to try and say it again, antithesis. Oh, did it? Yeah, there you go. Of Jack Ryan. <laughs> Let's hear what not Jack Ryan said when he uh, appeared on the Gateway Pundit yesterday talking about uh, the deep state and the 2020 presidential election. They was basically, in my opinion, stole the election. So utilizing CIA technique against the United States, what do you, what do you think of that? What do you? Well, I, I think we really need to go back to the summer of uh, 2015 whip. because this... This effort to go after Trump evolved. Mm. Uh, it didn't. It didn't start out from the beginning with a well-formed, coordinated plan. Um, in the summer of 2015, the Central Intelligence Agency was co- helping collect information and working with foreign governments, mm. uh, particularly the Brits and MI6, the Brit? to the dig up dirt. On not just Trump, all president, all Republican presidential candidates, and Bernie Sanders. Of course, they were they were working on behalf <clears throat> of Hillary Clinton, hmm. and uh, that's one of the reasons. Uh, you know, we know that not only was the CIA involved, but information from the National Security Agency was involved uh, because. George Stephanopoulos, uh, George Papadopoulos, not Stephanopoulos, Papadopoulos, who was in London at the time in August of 2015, was communicating via text message and phone message with Corey Lewandowski, Mm -hmm. who was the head of Trump's campaign at the time. That is how he became targeted, that those communications were intercepted. You've got to, you always have to think back logically that you know, people that work with the CIA and the intelligence community, they don't have magic powers. This is, we're talking very sort of mundane uh, things. They, they intercepted conversations, which is how they knew that he was somebody that needed to be paid attention to, to be targeted as somebody who could be used. And uh, lo and behold, this institute that ends up hiring uh, Papadopoulos had ties to MI6. It was a front organization, and it had worked closely with uh, uh, senior people from the Central Intelligence Agency. Wow. Mm. Yeah, stuff that we've heard alleged, but now we have someone who was literally on the inside coming clean about it. Interesting. Yeah, pretty interesting disclosure. Um, That narrative would continue throughout the weekend when we had one of our favorites, Cash, tell jump on with uh stew peters who who's turned into quite the wig snatcher lately mm. 
I mentioned, I know, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I mentioned it without saying it when we had our guest on Friday, when we had on Mr. Uh, what was his name? Steve Kara, you know, about yeah. getting stuff fixed in Georgia. It's because Stu Peters blew up. Uh, what's his name? Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones on his show live calling yeah. him basically everything but a rapist and a racist. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. he covered all of the R's. Both of them were hard. Hmm. <laughs> when he had Vernon Jones on before he muted him and then hung up on him. Uh, yeah, but he, he did, didn't he? he? He's turned out to be like a, a new generation's Alex Jones. You get, you get that vibe? Yeah. yeah, totally. I was just going to say that. Having the balls to report the news before it's the news. I mean, that's <laughs> the way I look at AJ. I, believe me, when we've talked about it, he's all had his ups and downs. But I mean, just right. in general. He's he's red pilled an entire generation or two over the course of his career, and now Stu Peters is kind of taking the torch and running with it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hear Cash on there talking about, you know, this stuff that we've we've heard in our first two clips about the overall narrative of the surveillance state, what they're doing to parents, what they're doing to voter intimidations now, what they're doing to presidential campaigns. Let's hear them elaborate a little bit more. An investigation that is a global concerted effort to unseat a duly elected president of the United States. You can't you can't write a spy novel, a fiction novel. If, if, if someone tried to sell that before 2015, they probably would have laughed you off the face of the planet. We figured out who paid for this garbage, Hillary Clinton and the DNC. And mm, there's story. her name again. We figured out that Steele was totally full of it and completely biased and that the upper echelons of the DOJ were helping commit a fraud on the FISA court to surveil a presidential candidate. Devin and I said, you know what? Don't listen to us. Read the document. I mean, if you haven't read this indictment, that's what you need to do uh, because it is so well done. And then what he's done is, as you said, he put in the indictment the bank records from the law firm. That's really hard to do. And he cited my questioning and answer of Michael Sussman in the indictment to freight to stage the lie. And I and we knew the goods back then. And I said, are you here on behalf of a client? Is someone paying you to do this work? And his answer back then, yes. But those that want to understand sort of what is Russiagate, if you're new to it, my best recommendation, go watch the plot against the president. I got to be honest. I, I have. So there we go. Mm. Hearing it even more. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Seems like some things regarding it. Maybe Hillary Clinton's trying to get back out in the public eye so she can kind of try mm. to blow it off when she's eventually indicted and because you'd be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> But we are going to end on a good note today. I had mentioned it not too long ago. We've seen it um, happening more and more. General Flynn, even though he's, you know, been on the Clay Clark Reawaken America tour for the last several months and, and doing a lot of things, you know, kind of off the mainstream grid, has started to bleed back into uh, the mainstream narrative. He's appeared on several shows on Newsmax. He's been on One America. And then, surprisingly enough to me, uh, Join Tucky this week, Ooh. our favorite paid op, to uh, do his Fox Nation show, not the live show, but Tucker did, as he always does, aired a segment of it during the the main one that's on in the evenings on, on Fox News Channel, probably much to the Murdoch children's dismay. Got him. Um, but did sit down with General Flynn, and General Flynn closed that conversation, which we're told is over an hour, um, with some really powerful comments that kinds of toes the line of the entire narrative of the show. So let's hear it right now. Military, but I had extensive uh, international, foreign and domestic experiences. And what you find is you find it's like 
it's like you're going into an enemy camp. It, you know, in, in the case of, uh, of the Trump administration, it was like walking into an enemy camp and you felt, I mean, I, to me, I felt like not even feel threatened, but I felt like, man, all of these people are here to do nothing more than just hurt this president. Yeah. And, well, and it was like the, and what we've learned, what we've learned, so this is all, this is all public. So if you really, people really, really wanted to dig into the, to the case against Mike Flynn and all of the filings and all the things that have been that have come out, even now, even we still see stuff coming out now with this Sussman indictment and some of the other things that uh, I think that Durham is actually actually is going to probably start to look at. I think mm. it's fascinating. And I, and I think what you learn is that we have two separate governments. We have the one that actually gets elected and goes into office. And then you have a government inside of Washington, D.C. that operates under no rules, uh, no authorities other than their own or who's ever in charge of their Sounds own. Sounds like that government was still controlled by Barack Obama. Yeah, and, and I would say that that's that uh, to a degree is is what we're operating with today. So when people talk about the deep right. state, yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about the deep state and the deep state this, the deep state that the deep state. I don't really describe the deep state as a group of politically, uh, you know, of, of, a, of, of Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or some of the, the some of the people that are elected. They become part of it, but they're not really the deep state. The deep state in this country are the bureaucrats and the and particularly the organizations that run the security apparatus. So when mm. when you know, when um, Eisenhower used to talk about, and he warned us, and I think in his final speech when he was uh, departing as the president, he warned us about the military-industrial complex, and there that was go. back in, whatever, 1960. So when Eisenhower warned us about the military-industrial complex, if you fast forward to today, 2021, you can add a, a component to that, and the component that I would add is the security state component to the military-industrial complex, because the security state of this country has grown probably by five times in the last 25 to 30 years. Well, what do you guys think about that? Not only does he call out the deep state and for who they really are. Yeah. Who, for who they really are. He talks about the military industrial complex and without naming him, the FBI, the CIA, probably the DNI and mm -hmm. agencies like that. So basically Pelosi and the like are puppets. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty crazy to see, and you know Tucker's getting better. Um, he he did make a statement on one of his shows in regard to he had a, a clip of Joe Biden talking about the COVID max vaccine. They segue to Jen Psaki kind of saying that he, like he didn't write the EO, and then uh, you know oh she, that's believable. Well, then they went back to Biden who got all pissed off, and it was it was one of those whispering segments. I wrote the EO. No, it was guess who gets vaxxed. Everybody at Fox News. And then they cut right back to Tucker, and he's like, huh? that's a flat-out lie. He's like, first of all, I'm not owned by Fox News. We have a show that airs on their channel. And he said the things that he's saying are just a complete and total lie. So I don't know if they have vaccine mandates at Fox, but Tucker made it sound like there aren't. Interesting. Yeah. I missed and uh, I'll send it to you right after the show. I, I had it, but there was no way to kind of fit it in. So it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I wanted to um, – be able to get it into kind of context, but it would, it would just be like a making fun of Joe Biden segment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the same time, it's one of those things where um, you want to have it make sense when you're talking about the issues and it didn't really go with Dr. Fauci and Halloween. 
I'm going to be Dr. Fauci for Halloween. Ooh. I'm trying to like it. You got the voice down. <laughs> I think we both do. <laughs> so, look at that. Made it to the end of the show, even though we weren't sure if we were going to have one today. And you did it, guys. It was a nail biter. Noah, thanks for fixing everything. Antoinette, thanks for being here. Well, we had to switch computers. I didn't fix it yet. Thanks for being in the process of fixing stuff. Yeah. Uh, we lost our guest host today, Jessica Lynn, the sassy conservative, but she will be back, and I will mention that in upcoming show dates. Resked. Yeah. It's just one of those things where, you know what, at the end of the day, sometimes I, I just like doing a uh, steak for breakfast podcast show because... That's what it is. We need one, yeah, every once in a while. So mm-hmm. guests are fun, but we want to... Uh, be able to keep the narrative and the the essence of this show alive. Um, speaking of which, you can listen to the Steak for Breakfast podcast on all major podcasting platforms. You could find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podpeen, Google Podcasts, Podpeen, and now appearing on the FM Player app and iHeartRadio. Oh, nice! I yeah. like iHeartRadio. Download the show. Don't forget to leave a review. And always, listen, like, follow, and share. Show creds of the week. The Usuals. The Bread Room. Dawnstar1776. Cagro88. The Moose is Loose. The artist formerly known as Canadian's DS Accounts. Babe Does the News. The new one for Miss Patriotic Babe. Mike Crispy from Right Side Broadcasting Network and the Red, White, and Truth Podcast. Emerald Robinson of Newsmax. Christina Bob from OAN, who will be reappearing on the show soon. And Mr. Tom Pappert, the editor-in-chief of the National File. Um, friends, our sponsors are American-owned and operated. They have high-quality products. Follow them, support them, help make small American businesses great again. Odyssey, in-studio recording gear. They're at odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Stay ready, gear holsters. You like Kydex, they'll melt it into something that you could use in your house. We've got a dump tray, beer koozies, and Noah's holster just here in the lab. Coasters. In addition to a Stay Ready Gear sticker that I look at every week while his laptop is open and in my face across the table. Mm-hmm. They're at StayReadyGear.com, and they're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. Don't know if there's a Thanksgiving rub, but I'm assuming that you could rub some of their products on your turkey. You could take it until the popper pops. Baste it with a little juice. <laughs> Slice it up so nice, not like the Christmas vacation turkey. Stick it in your mouth, num, num, num. It's a little off the top. They're at manrubs.com, and they're on Facebook and Instagram. West Coast Survival Arms. You like guns, you need ammo. Mike's got everything you need. Newly designed website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger, and he's at 619-870-8992 via the telephone. That survival thing starting to feel like it's kind of relevant coming quick mm. so yeah. and then tactical gear done right our first responders love mediocre medic mediocre they especially love their instagram and the top tier of tactical gear mark joe friday owner and operator and ceo of Dumpbox, dumpbox.us they're on facebook they're on instagram they're the home of the zero fucks duck upcoming shows this friday we're gonna have sheep no more nice he's got so much stuff going on and i can't wait for him to not only tell everyone our listening audience about it but Come and give commentary on the news. He was great last time he was on. Awesome. Yeah, the following Tuesday, we're going to have Jana Simone, host of Jana Loves. She is a celebrity vegan chef, Amazon Prime television show host. And she'll be joining us to do the news. It's going to be fun. I promise. 
No, I was thinking about all those uh, pronouns I just used to describe her. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but it does. Me and her talk all the time. She's awesome. Does she need any man rubs? <laughs> she may. The Sassy Conservative will circle back with us on the 22nd of October. And we assure you that we were going to have her in the full context that she was ready to bring today, which we edited out and was awesome. Jessica Lynn's going to be very good with us. Mike Crispy's coming back on the 26th of October. And then upcoming shows without a date yet, Miss Anna Paulina Luna, Miss Carrie Lake, gubernatorial candidate out of Arizona, and Christina Bob, Miss Stop the Steel Bay herself nice. of OAN, will be joining us again very soon. Um... Friends, a few things to do in between now and next show. It's Tuesday, so you don't have to wait too long. We'll be back on Friday to hang out with y'all. Do your own research. We played a lot of audio clips today, which took a lot of research to put together and find and listen to and gain context on. It's not that hard. Go out and do some. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Ice your balls. Damn! Let's see what happens. But most importantly, where we go one, we go all. We'll be back on Friday with episode 73 and Sheep No More. I'm Rome, joined today by Noah. See you, bud. Later. And the lovely Miss Antoinette. Bye, guys. This has been episode 72 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Thanks for listening and take care. Once again the other day, Joe Biden was up there on stage explaining that somehow he now has full control over every aspect of the life of every single American citizen. Joe Biden, in fact, owns you. He can force you to do whatever he likes. He can even make you take powerful drugs that you don't need or want. This is all perfectly normal, Joe Biden explained. Free will and personal autonomy are relics of the old America. They no longer exist in this country, even here at Fox News. Watch. This I always get a kick out of. Fox News. <laughs> Fox News requires vaccinations for all employees. Give me a break. Fox News. Now, to be clear, we just have a show on this channel. That's it. We don't run the company, and we would never presume to speak for the company. But as a factual matter, what Joe Biden just said is completely untrue. It is a lie, period. We can say that with authority since we work here. Every day, literally alone among big media outlets, Fox News defends this country's most basic civil liberties, what we used to refer to as the Bill of Rights. To cynical authoritarians like Joe Biden and the ghouls around him like Susan Rice, that just can't be genuine. They assume the people you see on Fox News must be pretending, pretending for money or prestige or ratings or something else. But they are wrong. We are not pretending at all. It's real.